Bagseed Chronicles is a podcast about cannabis and the people who enjoy it. I hope to provide... I went on a little walkabout and then had some adventures in dentistry as a patient, obviously. So I have one more dental adventure next week and then, hopefully, I will have more time to devote to recording my garden adventure with you fine folks. I went up and did some nostalgic shit around the Puget Sound near Tacoma mainly. Carlos Mullen and I used to be stationed at Fort Lewis together. He uh, is the owner of No Bad Days Ranch and uh, has been on this podcast before. We went on base and enjoyed the American decadence that is Charlie's subs. Maybe snurf some derb for the homies out by the memorial to fallen soldiers. Maybe. Memories fade with time. This plant is magical. I think all plants are magical. How they take energy from the sun and turn it into food. We understand the process. Still, to me, it still seems magical. This plant has been cultivated next to humans for thousands of years. Generations of cannabis, generations of humans, tied together in a relationship not unlike the canine one. The first cultivations were hardly so. A few plants sown purposefully along a floodplain to be collected after the first autumn rains, or maybe just before. Maybe broken apart and seeds collected before the rest of the plant matter was used to almost fumigate tents. Think hotboxing a car. See my episode about how the Scythians used to smoke weed from season one. This relationship with this plant is probably more inherent to our humanity than any modern humans may realize. Lost to time, prohibitive nonsense, and the necessary clandestine nature of the culture during the latter half of the 20th century. There is a whole history faded behind us due to the unfortunate attitudes of the weak-minded, pig-headed, and uninitiated amongst us who would still love to burn the last plant to make the hippies cry. Fuck those people. Seriously, anyone who wants to make this plant illegal or keep this plant illegal should be composted in plain view for all to see. Gibbeted, like a common pirate. Welcome to the Bagseed Chronicles. I am Uncle Dig. I have an interview with Lucas Barfield in his basement to share. It was short, but a fun hang. We overindulged a bit and could only hold it together for so long. But before that, I will have a garden update for all of you, and a new segment that may interest you. It is called Free Shit the Companies Send Me, and in it, I will be discussing free shit the companies send me. This inaugural segment will feature the Lunar Vaporizer from Dip Devices. Such a varied show for you today. So exciting. Let's overgrow the world. Send me free shit And I'm gonna talk about it You can listen to it or not I don't really give a fuck If this product's hot Yeah So I was thinking, how am I gonna do this segment? And then I thought, well, here's the Lunar Dip Devices So I'm gonna open this up Oh, see, I tore it See, I should've just, uh 
had this pre-opened, but I didn't. So let's pull that out. Oh, dude, it's slick looking. I, Lucas loves his. I'm excited to see how I like it. Oh, this is slick. It's like, um, it's about a size of like a Sharpie, like a thick Sharpie. Oh, just, just got coils right there. Okay, so. Alright, this is super boring. Sorry, I was seeing seeing how it works. So it says remove cap and if necessary, tighten atomizer. Okay. Okay. Okay, and it says <laughs> Jesus guys, I'm sorry. It says uh oh oh shit. I guess I'm supposed to have a dab spoon. I have to go find something to put dabs in here. Give me a second. Whoop, 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 whoop. All right, I found a safety pin. And since this is a free shit uh, segment, I'm going to take uh, some Dr. Jolly's cream cake that a friend of mine gave me. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that into this uh, dip devices lunar here. Thanks to Dip Devices for sending this to me. This is going to be super uh, awesome, I think. Like I said, Lucas really likes his. So I'm excited to see how this thing works. All right, well, that fits. So I'm assuming it's not overfilled. See, when he said he was going to send me a dab pen, that it was going to be like, like a nectar collector or something. I wasn't ready for all this. Shit, so I've loaded up the chamber, and I'm going to I'm gonna do this. So it says, uh, slip that bad boy back on the cover. Don't turn it upside down, it says. Don't be doing that shit. So you click it five times, and then um, here we go. Oh, wow. Wow. I don't know if y'all can hear that. Let me uh, let me turn my microphone up a little bit. I'm going to hit it again. Oh, wow. It's tasty. All right, wow. That's really good. I can... I can see why Lucas likes his so much. Oh, shit, I got to turn my mic back down. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a loud guy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's really nice. Kind of a, a little, a little, little sipper. I like that. Wow. Wow, that's really nice. Um, and you heard me figure it out. I figured it out in less than five minutes, and I was already doing bong rips earlier, and now I'm super stoned. So there's not much to it. It's um, a battery with a really well-designed chamber. Um, I looked at the coils while I heated them up. They don't super get red, super red hot, so it's I assume it's like a low low temperature thing. It's not burning my throat. I and I would take it too hot if it could. 
Yeah, I really like that. Um, I gotta say, like, if you had, if you had some money, and you wanted to buy one of these, I would not advise you not to. I think this is a pretty cool device. I think if you wanted, like, a little dab pen, this is definitely a contender. Now, this is only for dabs. This is only for um, for concentrates, right? You're not gonna be able to smoke flour out of this. But I'm in my studio here, and I can smell the plants on my fingers over it. I've got some really, uh, really like um, fragrant plants. I was just, uh, I just took a few leaves off. I was just doing a little defoliation. So yeah, this is, uh, I would say the Lunar by Dip Devices. I'd say, uh, I'd say I'd give it like nine out of 10 thumbs up. Is that, is that a, is that a way of doing it? Like, I can't give it a 10 out of 10 because I don't, I don't use a lot of these devices. I would feel like I was being too generous. I'll tell you what, like, here in like six months, I'll let you know if I'm still using it. I'm pretty hard on shit. So it says not the turn it upside down. So I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to like put it in a pocket because that's like not fair to it. But it's going to be my like desk device. So I'm going to, wow, it does. It just burns it up. This is cool. It's going to be my desk device. So it's going to be here for when I record podcasts. I think it gives my, uh, my voice like a sexy, husky, like, um, like, uh, what's that actress's name? God. You know, husky, sexy, redhead. Fuck. What is her name? Jesus. What is her name? Emma Stone. It's Emma Stone. Emma Stone. I said I don't sound like Emma Stone, but I feel like I've got that like. Ah, oh wait, that's verbal fry. That's not good. Anyway, um, dip devices. I've got the lunar here. Um, it's good free shit. If you want one, um, you should use your money for it and buy it. Yeah. Free shit. Yeah. If you'd like to give Uncle Dig stuff to interview on his podcast for free, send an email to UncleDig4 at gmail.com. Uncle Dick's garden update. Hello, it is March 22nd, and we are in gardening zone 8B, and it is time for a garden update. Happy spring, everyone. The two bag seeds I have been growing out in my garage two by two are looking lovely. They have been getting mild defoliations periodically, but that will stop around week three. They are currently in week two of flower, and are looking quite beefy and showing good trichome production even this early in flower. One of the bag seed, the one I call Igor, is putting on very chonky flowers, but not stretching much. The other one is stretching quite a bit and seems to want to crowd the other one out. 
They are just now starting to smell a bit. Just a faint pining smell at this time. Super rich. Exciting. Inside the 4x4 garage tent, I have five photo period fire of maroof plants. As soon as they dry out, they will be moved from one-gallon plastic nursery pots into three-gallon fabric smart pots. I hope to transfer whichever ones are female into 30 gallons outdoors in May. Now, I cut some diagnostic clones from these um, on Monday, so I'm hoping that those will root soon. Um, I'm really excited about these genetics. This is Fire OG crossed with a Afghan heirloom strain, so I'm hoping to get really potent indica, you know, out of this. So I'm really excited about it, and I hope it does well outdoors, and I hope it does some of the pretty things and some of the remarkable smell things that some of the uh, cannabis plants in Afghanistan that I remember did. Now, the clones have been going weak. They have not produced uh, roots yet. They are under an old, weak blurple light in a hermitity dome, getting misted pretty frequently. They are on an 18-6 light cycle. Now, the other plants in the 4x4 are autoflowers, planted directly into 5-gallon pots. I planted 5. Two from Crop King Seeds, Candy Cane, and Tangerine Dream, and the other three are for, for, from 420 Fast Buds. They're Girl Scout Cookies, Afghan Kush, and Blackberry. These autos are doing well, and I just started watering all of them normally yesterday. They are working on their second set of true leaves and look healthy. I haven't decided whether or not I will finish these autoflowers outdoors or not. That will depend on weather and the plant's timing. I will sow autos directly sometime in May, regardless, in order to have another small summer harvest. Those will be sown outdoors sometime around May 9th to the 15th. In my studio, I have a flat of peppers going. Some habanada peppers for a not-hot hot sauce project I am working on. I think I'll call it my not sauce. I also have some rainbow chilies and a Hungarian black chili in there as well. They will be outside this summer as well for some food in the garden. I plan on sowing feminized cannabis seeds on April 1st. I am hoping that I will have that fire over my roof sexed by then so I know how many other plants to start. We will have to see. I haven't really been able to rush clones. That's pretty much it for my garden update. Let's overgrow the world. Welcome to the Bag Seed Chronicles, everyone. Lucas is a cannabis activist, a cannabis medical patient, a disability activist, and an entrepreneur in the cannabis space. He also writes articles for at Gondrepreneurs, and he sometimes teaches cannabis classes at colleges. He is my dearest friend, and I am here on location in his basement. Ladies and gentlemen, Lucas Barfield. Thanks for the great introduction there, Uncle D. Really, yeah. uh... Man, really nice to see you up here in Tacoma. How how have you um, been feeling about Tacoma since you've been here, dude? It was a little it was a little rough coming out from the sticks, honestly, to coming back into like a bigger town. But now that I've had a couple of days to adjust, and her grandpa's got a great spread for us to stay at. My uh, my partner's grandpa has a great place for us to stay at. So it's been nice going back there every night where it's kind of quiet, and then kind of working our way back into the city to do stuff. Oh, uh, you had said you were going to stay in a hotel. You didn't stay in a hotel? Well, um, there was a miscommunication. We thought that her grandpa was renting um, a different room than he was. So we didn't think we had a place to stay, but we did. So it worked yeah. out. Well, I think that's really, I think that's better. You're like, I want to stay on a hotel in South Dakota Way. And yeah. Yeah, it is better. So um, we just got a chance to uh, vape 
some of your carrot cake. And I know my audience isn't necessarily familiar with that. That's a uh, cut you've been keeping alive, right, for like four or five years at this point, right? Since as long as you've been growing almost. Yeah. I, yeah. I got that cut from a family member. They actually found a seed and started growing it. And then they were like, oh, this is really tastes like carrots. And sure enough, we got it tested and it had the same terpene as ter- carrot. So it came out like 17% THC. It's pretty good cut with, um, I think it's myrosine, humulene, and uh, carophylline. So it kind of has like a peppery smell to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My and partner mentioned she has got a more refined palate than me. She said that it actually tasted a little bit cinnamony too, which was really neat. Yeah, and I, I just really uh, been trying to keep it going because it's just like kind of a perfect cannabis um, for like everyday use. It's not too strong, but it's not too weak, and it's got a good taste. So yeah. it's really enjoyable. Yeah, and I think that's important for some, uh, especially medical patients, to remember. A lot of the really heady strains um, aren't necessarily as useful medically if you're going to be imbibing every day. Maybe you don't want something that's pushing 25% and is really psychedelic. Maybe you're actually looking for something that's only testing anywhere from 12 to 18%. Yeah, we were uh, really lucky to uh, get this. I've just been keeping it alive, and so um, hopefully to keep it alive for the foreseeable future. I'm glad you liked it. I've always liked that strain. And I there's something like spiritually like kind of like special about imbibing something that you've grown and kept alive for a long time or um enjoying something that a friend has grown and been growing uh for a long time because when a grower has been growing a certain strain for a while you you kind of develop a connection with that particular phenotype or that particular um cultivar and so a lot of times as you cultivate it more and more you actually are able to bring out better and better expressions as you get to know the plant yeah and i I, it's just a extreme gratitude that we got the cut and uh really reminds me kind of like of a person that kind of helped me start getting growing um he can grow some extremely good cannabis just an older uh, fellow in my wife's family and uh you know, it's just really kind of when I smoke it and growing it, kind of he's still alive, but it just uh, reminds me of him. He is also a medical patient, so it's good to uh, pass on um, the cannabis information on to other people. And I'm just really grateful uh, to have that cut and some of the information that he's passed on to me. And you know, I think you were mentioning that there's just more can more to cannabis and medical cannabis about getting high or even medicating. That's why it's such a great medicine because it has so many different pieces to it. And there's a when when you grow when you grow it for your own you know we're big advocates on on the backseat chronicles of growing your own cannabis, and well, part of the reason is you can select a plant that not only complements you medically, you can also select a plant that complements your growing style, that complements the way you like to grow. Not every plant you're going to be able to shove in a little two by two. Not all some of them are just going to always try to outgrow that space. You know, some plants stretch ridiculously long. They're really better for outdoors. So once you start to get to know different plants that you've grown, you start to understand, like, what works best for you, not only, you know, as a drug cultivar, as a medicine, but 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 as a plant to cultivate. And I think that's very important. Yeah, and I think the secret for me is I just uh, kind of keep a really low veg uh, output as far as uh, wattage goes. And so it keeps the plants real small and everything. So I can take like a sativa plant and turn it into a small bush just because I'm trying not to use as much electricity and water and fertilizer on that part. Just to, you know, indoor growing cannabis is not the most sustainable um, right. 
thing. And I wish that we could grow it outside, but the laws and um, just social norms, you can't grow as much as you would want to outside. So, you know, patients like myself have to uh, turn to growing just small things inside. And um, I split a lot of my um, output with uh, veteran friends of mine. So we kind of work together to grow, and but we don't even... You know, we might be putting out about an ounce and a half a month. So, but that'll help us keep going because sometimes the prices are high. And, you know, the big thing is, too, I don't know if you saw this, Washington State just started. They, well, they haven't yet, but the law is about to go into effect. They're going to be starting to test for pesticides for the first time. Oh, good. Yes. Yeah, that's good. So that's kind of breaking news right here on the Bag Sea Chronicle. <laughs> that is coming out. And uh, this is a new rule they're going to be coming. But one of the issues that people are having with the uh, pesticide testing is it is self-selection so uh just like um when you test some some of the problem with testing is it's self-selection too so a grower can just go and pick off the very tip top bud test it it comes out like 25 percent and then the rest of it might come out like 20 19 18 percent to get all down to the popcorn buds testing way lower you know so it's uh kind of leading to testing inconsistency so that's some of the worry with the pesticides so you could spray like half your crop and the other crop you don't spray and then you could uh test that one part and it would come out still okay so there still are some issues with the pesticide testing do, do they test all the lots for pesticides in oregon there you know i don't know um as far as on the rec market how like detailed the testing requirements are but i know that a lot of people in the industry kind of point to oregon as a testing model because we do test for mold and, and and for pesticides and stuff but i don't know how many lots they test out of everything. I, I'm not sure. I think that every uh, batch of uh, cannabis that gets sold to a dispensary has to come with a testing sheet. Does that make sense? So I think they are testing every lot. Yeah, I, I, think, I so. think Yeah. Yeah, I've covered some uh, Oregon recalls now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, um, and I think that it's, it's, it's interesting also the point you bring up that even when um, test results are inflated, um, sometimes it's not the lab being dishonest. It's the grower you know, kind of edging his test by taking parts of the flower he knows are going to be higher and then mixing them together and sending them as a sample to the lab. Yeah. So there's a couple different ways that if you are familiar with the cannabis plant and how the lab process works, you can kind of play some shysty games. And so that's why what I tell people is if you're looking for cannabis to smoke either recreational or medically, like the test results are great. They can tell you a lot about a plant, but also... And this is why I don't like Washington sometimes. You should be able to smell it because a lot of times your nose will kind of tell you whether or not you're going to even enjoy that cannabis or if it's even good for you. You know, if you if you're if you, if it, you smell it and you're like, mm, that smells good. I want that. Then your that's your kind of your body intuitively telling you like, yeah, this is a good thing for me to pursue. But if you smell it and you're like, eh, I don't want that, then you shouldn't buy that cannabis. And in Oregon, you know. Sometimes it depends on the shop now with COVID, but you can still smell your flower in Oregon. You can't do that here. You kind of have to have a, so I have a, I have a pretty, pretty deep knowledge of like what cannabis strains I like and dislike. So we're, I'm able to go into a shop and look through the jar and know that if it, if it is what they say it is, I'll probably like it. But if you're a new consumer, this, it would be very challenging to navigate the Washington market effectively. Yeah. And that, ability not to be able to uh well the inability able to smell cannabis has really led to a couple of things here in washington is one of them is um you know there's a lot of strains that um they say they are one thing and they're just another thing and you never even really know and so and then there's a lot of sort of 
Um, and then one of the first people I ever recovered in cannabis named uh, Dr. Jeffrey Raber with the workshop talked about this uh, many years ago, like 2013. One of the things, problem with Washington and some of the other places is they've sort of bred the plant right up into some corners um, with uh, certain terpenes like terpenaline and pinene and uh, myrcene and a couple other things. And so a lot of the cultivars are kind of the same. And so you get like one and it smells the same as just another. And so um, that is one of the big issues, is, uh, which is fine if it's good cannabis. You right. know, we don't really, we're not too really worried about it if you open it up and it smells really great. But you do get some that doesn't smell that great and it is not that great. And a lot of it you wouldn't buy if you were smelling it first. I promise you that. Right. In and, Washington State. And you're right. A lot, a lot of them are, um, a lot of cannabis is kind of becoming bottlenecked as far as like, terpene profiles and stuff but what i will tell people and one of the things i advocate if you've got an extra room in your grow let's say you're growing something out and all of a sudden you had to kill like three males it was horrible and you've got some extra plant count pop a back seed pop a random cannabis seed and a lot of times you'll get something that you've never smelled before like your carrot cake just because it, it's been male to female bred, and now it's not clone only, and now it's, it's a new combination of things. Every seed, even in a pack that you buy from a breeder, has the potential to show you, an, if not new to the cannabis community flavor, definitely new to you. And it's such a wonderful journey of discovery to plant a seed and grow it out for a month and take a cut and then pop it and flip it to flower and then realize that you don't just have some random purple. You have a purple that tastes like sweet bacon or something. You know? And that's really special. Yeah, and especially if you get seeds from the um, regulated market. and Because if you find a seed in a lot of those, don't throw them out because they're coming from pretty good genetics. I mean, whatever you want to say about the um, regulated market from time to time, there are the de- genetics as a whole are really strong and probably pretty potent yeah they're able to survive the regulated market very strong plants <laughs> nice one i think so um so i just wanted to record a little bit with you today since i was in town is there anything you'd like to say to the Bagsy chronicles audience before we get out of here oh um yeah not not too much just um Keep listening to the Backseat Chronicles. All right, everyone, thank you for listening to the Backseat Chronicles. Let's overgrow the world. You can reach me, Uncle Dig, on Instagram, at Uncle Dig. The bumper music on this podcast was produced by Chad DeVillier on ukulele. He can be followed on YouTube at Ukuleles Are Stupid or on Instagram at Chadwick Enterprises.